Maybe I'll do a musical episode. I'll sing the entire episode. microphone and there's not a whole lot you can do about it i am sorry i am alone again tonight um i warned you i warned you i said that's probably how it's going to be for a while and that's probably how it is going to be for a while uh it's just me this weekend mates uh buddy his his mom is actually having some substantial health problems i don't know if he wanted me talking about that or not but i'm going to tell you uh, Monica, same thing. Everybody's mom is dying, I think is what's happening. My mom, however, too fucking crazy to die. She's, she, you can't convince her that she's in poor health, even though she actually is. But, uh, everybody is having health issues, and their moms are having health issues. And, uh, that's that. Sorry, again, let's all wish Buddy and Monica the best, and their moms the best. And, uh, well, let's just do a show, you fucking animals. How about that? We'll just do the goddamn show anyway. I got horror news and stuff to talk about. Uh, all kinds of fun things happening this week. Uh, what, what do I got to talk about? Nothing really. I've had a pretty uneventful week. Um, man, this week's immersion therapy. That was a fucking struggle, dudes. I, I will sit through some found footage BS... But this one, there's an added element of BSery into this one, and it is not, uh, it's not bad. Well, we'll get into that in Immersion Therapy. All right, let's cut the crap here. Start things off with some horror news like we usually do. Horror news. Horror news. Yes, I do have horror news, as a matter of fact. Um, Have we all seen The Batman? The new one with uh, uh, Loverboy there, Robert Pattinson? I have not. I've heard good things, though. It's on HBO Max. Check that shit out. you, You know what? Should we do that for this week's Immersion Therapy, The Batman? Um, I don't know if I can watch it with my kids or not. I probably can. I've, they've seen everything I have to show. Um, it's already been confirmed for a sequel, The Batman. The Batman 2, Robert Pattinson already signed on to return as Batman. Excuse me. That right there is already a step above. It's not, it's not 
quite Tim Burton level Batman. It's nowhere near um, Christopher Nolan level Batman. But it's I'd, I'd already put it above um, uh, Ben Affleck. You know, because if you got the same actor returning for the role uh, for, for two movies, there it is, dude. You're you're already moving in the right direction. Let's keep that moving. Let's find a new Joker. All right, uh, let's try. Hey, bring in uh, uh, Phoenix, Joaquin Phoenix. That's what I would do. Try to get those two movies working together. Fe- uh, Joker was pretty good. From what I hear, this Batman's pretty good. Why not do it? Like, let's let's build a cohesive Batman universe. Let's do that. You know what I'm saying? That's where DC, I feel, has failed us, and Marvel has prospered. Marvel keeps adding to their their Marvel universe. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. DC does not. They keep switching every fucking thing up. You know, with the this Batman and that Batman, and then. Uh, Christopher Nolan Batman and Michael Keaton Batman, it's, it's all over the goddamn place. And you don't know if any of these movies are connected somehow or if any of them make any fucking sense. So that's what they need to do, man. They need to just start with the bottom and build up. They've already got a Joker. Don't bring back, don't you fucking bring back Jared Leto either. Uh, DC, uh, Universal, whatever your fucking problem is. Don't do that. Don't try, hey, the Suicide Squad movies, not that fucking good. All right, I'm sorry. But you know I'm right. So let's just pretend they never happened. Let's start with this Batman, maybe, and build up from there. We don't need to get Ben Affleck involved. And that whole Justice League shit was just a, from what I understand, was just a shit show anyway. So let's just move past it, you know? That Wonder Woman movie wasn't that good. That last one, 84, meh. Speaking of movies that weren't that good, uh, The Nun. Remember that one? Part of the Conjuring universe? The Nun 2 has been confirmed by Warner Brothers. Now, <clears throat> excuse me. That is probably, of all the Conjuring Universe movies, I don't know that it's the worst. It's definitely not the best. That first Annabelle movie was pretty fucking bad. Um, the Nun, uh, not even Tasia Farmiga, who I'm rock hard for, could save that one for me. It was pretty goddamn bland, dude, is what the problem was. The Nun 2 has been confirmed. It's obviously going to be part of the, the Conjuring universe. Um, I don't know, dude. I don't know. I mean, it can't be any worse than the first one, right? But at the same time, have we collectively lost interest in that? I'll, be, I'll watch it just to see how it all ties in. Because you know it's going to tie into the Warrens and... Uh, Somebody else, uh, I like the nun, I like the demon nun, Malik, I think her name was. I like that. She's freaky. She's got a, a creepy look to her, and uh, that's pretty na- That's pretty nasty. It's a gnarly customer. But, I don't know, somehow that movie, it had all the all the right elements, you know? You had the, the, the World War II monastery being bombarded, sitting in the middle of Romania, for Christ's sakes, with the... Uh, archaic cemetery backdrop in the Carpathian Mountains, you could really have done some kick-ass shit with that. And somehow, it just didn't work. It was just kind of bland. It was action-packed with cheap jump scares. And uh, I don't know. Maybe I need to do a Conjuring Universe month and just go through... It would probably take like three months, really. And I would need some kind of a roadmap to tell me which order they go and how they all fit in and all that shit. I don't know. Anyway, The Nun 2 coming at us. You know what's not coming at us? 
Um, Will Smith. <laughs> he's not. He's not gonna. He's, he can't slap me either because I don't. I don't care. And if he does slap me, uh, he's gonna make me a very rich man. But anyway, um, there was a movie that came out on Netflix about th- uh, two three years ago. I thought it was a good show. It starred Will Smith and Joel Edgerton. It was called Bright. Maybe you remember this, uh, where he was a cop and he had like an orc for a partner. And orcs and elves and uh, uh, wizards were living in South Central Los Angeles and they were all trying to get this magic wand. I thought it was a pretty good show. I liked it. Uh, I liked that whole, you know, orcs and elves and shit in an urban setting. Um, It was confirmed for a sequel that I believe they were working on. Netflix has just dropped it altogether. They said no more. I think that probably has something to do with Will Smith's uh, recent activities, if you understand what I'm saying. So disappointment there. I was looking forward to that. Uh, More sequel news coming at us. Sony has just confirmed another Ghostbusters movie in pre-production. Now, they haven't said... I mean, obviously, on the heels of the success of Ghostbusters Afterlife, it's got to be a sequel to that, right? They can't go back and, you know, retrofit uh, Paul Feig sequel with Melissa McCarthy and Kristen Wiig. Besides, that movie bombed for reasons that I don't need to discuss. Um, I'm so, I mean, I'm excited for it, man. I love the Ghostbusters. I wish we would have got more movies in a more timely fashion. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we could have had dog. We could have had one with Egon. You know, but Harold Ramis died, and uh, I don't know. I don't think Ghostbusters two did all that well at the box office, and that's why that whole franchise got shit canned for a while. Even though it kicked out, you know, uh, the cartoon bazillions of dollars in merchandising. I'm sure of that. Uh, board games, toys, the whole shit. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud here, but I'm glad they're they're reviving it and they're doing something with it because I'm a Ghostbusters kid. Lastly, has anybody seen a show on Peacock? Peacock <laughs> called Wolf Like Me. I assume it has something to do with werewolves. Uh, the first season is up. If anybody wants to stream it, let me know how it is. It looks like it's got something to do with werewolves, but it also looks like there's some teen romance involved. And I don't know if I'm, I'm ready to invest my, myself and my time in another Twilight-style adventure with tweenies falling in love and then possibly murdering each other. Uh, it's been confirmed for a second season. Wolf Like Me, is or, is, it's been ordered by Peacock. Um, I watched the trailer for the first season. Uh, I don't know, man. I feel like, uh, this is, this is more, um, more, more Twilight style. A lot of dudes with their shirts ripped open. You know what I'm saying? This isn't for me. This is for horny housewives whose husbands, uh, are, are getting caught up on erectile dysfunction. This, that's what that's for. Not for me. It's for them. So, If somebody has seen that or is willing to watch an episode or two and get back to me and tells me it's okay, then I'll check it out. In the meantime, I don't need, you know, uh, Randy, the 22-year-old tennis pro doing pull-ups shirtless for four minutes. (laughs) 
<laughs> for no apparent reason and not having anything to do with the storyline other than to watch his glistening abs in the fucking moonlight. All right, that's all I got on the horror news, you maniacs. I got some listener mail here to get into. Let's do that, shall we? Listener mail. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we got emails and voicemails and all kinds of fun stuff. Let's kick things off out on the open road. Here comes Freddy Freddy. Subject line, aha! Hey, folks, well, I finally got an educate, LOL. You are rest stop. Yes, I am. Yes, I am, Freddy. You got me, and you were the first one to get me, so... There's that. You nailed me with Rest Stop. That's not a bad show. Have you guys seen Rest Stop? There's two of them. Second one gets a little wacky. And there's a lot of weird sex stuff in the second one. First one, uh, I guess the second one is kind of a prequel. But the first one is pretty good. Because, as I mentioned last week, we have that backdrop of like just funky, depressing situations And this poor young lady is stuck at a highway rest stop somewhere in California, which I would argue is probably the most unsanitary place you can find, at least in North America. Well, I'm sure there's some funky places in Mexico, but at least in the continental United States. That's about as bad as it's going to get. You're going to have to hide out there because if you go outside, some guy in a a crazy truck is going to run you over or something. All right, anyway. Uh, as I drive, I always look for movies that take place in the middle of nowhere. What I'm sure you've seen that I really liked was Downrange. That's a good show. And I often see places like that. For Terror Dome, I'm going for the Universal Monsters, mainly because Dracula and the Wolfman. Nazi zombies have guns, but doubt they have silver bullets or garlic, and Dracula has plenty of skills that I think would turn the battle. Stay safe out there. Cheers, Freddy! Beautiful, Freddy. Let me lock you in real quick on them Universal Monsters. They're a a classic, you know. It's hard to go wrong with the Universal Monsters. The real problem, I think, would be getting them to work as a team, you know, like a military unit or something like that. That's a a difficult task to to achieve, I would assume, because Dracula would, you know, he'd be the snooty one. And he'd probably be trying to nail the Bride of Frankenstein. And how does one communicate with Frankenstein's monster? And then the Invisible Man. Is he here or not? Can, I don't know. He might be hanging out here at the team meeting. Or he might have walked out two hours ago. Nobody can say for sure. The fucking asshole. Alright. Anyway. Thanks for writing in, Freddie. Your votes are locked in. See who's up next here. Uh, let's get over to foggy old England. Here comes the horror slut herself. Cat is in the house. Uh, Subject line, classic love. Evening, gents, and possibly others. Hopefully you found some guests. Now, I don't think you mentioned this week's movie on the last show, but I'm sure it will be a fun show either way. Educa- educate sounds very American, and I don't believe I have seen it as it doesn't sound familiar at all. It's a uh, rest stop, cat. It's not a bad show. It's worth checking out. 
For Terra Dome, you do give a good argument with the Nazi zombies having weapons, but the classics hold my heart, and I have to vote for the Universal Monsters. I do hope you all have a safe and healthy week. Cat, two more for the Universal Monsters. Right on, Cat. Let me uh, tally you up here, baby doll. For the Universal Monsters. This could be another blowout. God damn it. Okay, let's get back here to Reno, Nevada. Here comes the cowboy. Subject line, purge party. Evening, padded room. Hope everyone is doing well and someone made it in tonight. First off, hell yeah, sign me up for a nerf purge party. That would be a fucking blast. I might have to build a shopping list. Ha ha. Uh, <laughs> that I, I stand by my idea of a nerf purge party. Now, how we all come together as friends, uh, that being the active word, friends, and then leave at the end of night, still as friends, I'm not too sure. Because I am positive that somebody is going to get a, a Nerf bat to the bridge of the nose and get a bloody nose or something to that effect or a uh, uh Nerf dart to the eyeball or something. Somebody's going to get hurt or somebody's going to dive behind uh, a entertainment center and knock a very expensive vase over or something like that. So really, if we were to have a Nerf purge party, um, I, I guess we have to go to a park or something. But then how do you do that without getting the cops called on you? And then when they do get called on you, how do you explain the concept of a Nerf purge party <laughs> without getting some kind of a uh, disturbing the peace citation or something like that. I don't know. Uh, we'll work out the logistics there, cowboy. Educate, you are rest stop. Easy one for the truckers and fun movie, I thought. It's a good show. Terra Dome, I have to agree with you and vote Nazi zombies. I think they have the advantage with weapons and numbers. While Dracula is a badass, I think he could be overwhelmed and the Invisible Man would probably run away. That's exactly what I'm saying. Didn't have much time to watch anything new, but I did kick on Ali- I did kick on Aliens just to enjoy it and still think it holds up really well, with the exception of the hairstyles. Back to dealing with the construction and stupid drivers, but at least it's not windy today. Hope everyone has a great week. Catch you on the flip, cowboy. You know, cowboy, Aliens is the reason I joined the Marine Corps. And oddly enough, I found it still to this day to be the most accurate depiction of Marine Corps life. Um, as far as like uh, taking orders, getting things done, you know, getting weapons prepped, things like that. I mean, obviously, I never fought a xenomorph while I was in the United States Marine Corps. Uh, if I did, I wouldn't be talking about it. I'd probably be dead, cowboy, and I'd have a big hole in my chest or something like that. But as far as like the Marines went and their interactions and things like that, it's probably still the most accurate uh, that I would see. Granted, I haven't seen every single military movie, but as far as I can tell. Right on, cowboy. Thank you for uh, writing in, my friend. Looks like we have a voicemail here. Let's check this shit out. From beautiful Southern California, here comes the real rock and roller, Mr. Tom Hardy. Hey, yo! Padded room. How's my favorite degenerates this week? It's uh, just hope me. Everyone is doing good. I'm here. Darian, as always, thank you for the solo shows. We I'm not going to stop. You coming through. I can't. 
I can't stop. Anyway, I <laughs> um, wanted to get into the uh, Terror Dome. What do you I think, buddy? To just throw this out there for uh, the rest of the inmates. Okay. You know? The Killer Clowns have a great soundtrack. They do. And as you notice, every time you know uh, a team advances, you get to hear a little bit of that soundtrack in the background. Very so. true. Let's keep on that uh, killer clown train, can we? Sure, I like uh, it. But as far as uh, this week's uh, combatants here, we got the uh, Nazi zombies, correct, and the Universal monsters, also correct. And I can see what Mister Brock's trying to do. He's trying to get me to say I like I like Nazis or something like that, so he can use it. As I a would future, never, you know, against me when I you know run for public office. Would I do that? But um, you know what I. I'm actually not going with the Nazi zombies. You don't I, have to. I'm going with the Universal Monsters. Okay. Maybe it's the wrong pick. There's no I don't know. correct I, answer. I, know, I always kind of feel like when it comes up that the Nazi zombies are kind of um, they're kind of overpowered. You know, they have they have too much too much. Uh, huh. You know, yes, they're zombies, so they're undead. Right. Plus, they can use machines and weapons. Usually, sometimes. Plus, they have uh, Captain Herzog, I believe it is, to reanimate the undead when they're deader than undead or whatever. That is a nasty situation. So, it it just kind of seems like they got a little too much, uh, a little too, too much power. It's like, you know, when you watch a Superman flick or whatever, Uh, you're like, well... He's fucking Superman. He can do all the shit that, like, every superhero can do. He can do all that. of that. But yeah. each other superhero can only do, like, one thing. I hate that. That's why I don't, I don't, know. I don't like Superman. That's just a thing. So, for me, I'm going to go with the Universal Monsters. I mean, fuck Fair it. They got, they got Dracula. They got uh, the Wolfman. They got Frankenstein. Very that true. That being said, they also have some kind of, you know, those might be your heavy hitters. And then kind of. Mummy. I guess in the, the middle of the lineup, you know, you got, uh, I don't know, <laughs> Phantom of the Opera. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess. I, I mean, the Invisible Man, he's yeah. cool and all, but he's just invisible. Yeah, he's just kind of really crazy. Shit. Anyway, that, that's all my thoughts on it. Give me the uh, Universal Monster. Yes, sir. Um, on the What Are You Looking At department, what do you got? Uh, I did get to catch just one flick, and it's a uh, new flick. I think it's, it's either 21 or 22, okay. and uh, I was able to catch it on Hulu. Was trying to find something interesting, and uh, it's called uh, Lantern's Lane. Oh, that's it's all right. Familiar. It's not great. Um, I feel like I may have seen that. He got GP'd, uh, as he is wont to do. Sorry, Tom Hardy. Lantern Lane. I feel like I started that at some point, and then I probably either fell asleep or my kids dragged me off to some fucking thing, as they do. Always, with 99% of the movies that I want to watch. Not that I'm bitter. I love my children very much. Motherfuckers. <laughs> he called back. G motherfucking peed. Hell yeah. Yes, sir. Anyway, um, yeah, so it's called Lantern Flame. Pretty okay. good. Not not great or anything like that. Uh one of the things I I, was, I really kind of had high hopes from it in the beginning because hmm. it was really setting up like a an interesting kind of flick and it was moving slow. Okay, but it was very character developing. You know, All right. like sure. ah, I see where this this relationship's kind of strained here and how how these old friends kind of reuniting. You know, who who's holding grudges? Right. I thought, man, this is kind of going like somewhere, but then it just. 
it was one of those ones where it just took too long, too, too long, and uh, then the payoff just, just wasn't enough uh, for the buildup, you know. Did this I, as a again, there? didn't hate it. You know, I'd, I'd still give it like a six and a half, seven, I guess, out of ten if I was going to rank it. But, okay. You know, if, if you're in the mood for that, it does have kind of um kind of a slasher kind of vibe to it. Okay. Um, with a little bit of a twist and stuff. Again, check it out. You know, I'm a slasher guy, so, you know, I'm, I'm probably liking it better than what it was. Nice. Um, Nothing wrong with oh, that. Oh, one last either. thing. Sorry. Uh, you, you were talking about the trauma flick. Yes, sir. Um, the, other, the other week, and uh, I can't remember. There was one of them. Oh. The old versus the new trauma. Uh, yes, um, that's what it was. And one, of the, I gotta agree with you yeah. uh, on that. The old trauma. Here's here's where I kind of saw saw the line or the, the, the line between the old and the new. Okay. It felt like it felt like in the old trauma they were actually trying. I I would agree. You know what I mean? Yes. Like they were kind of just they were trying to put out. A original. Good they recognized their limitations. Yeah. They knew, you know, they weren't going to be uh, competing with Silence of the Lambs, you yeah. know, but they recognized what they had, what they could do, and what they were good at, and they went with it. Sure. And it just kind of, I, I know you're not a fan, but kind of like the, uh, uh, the Sharknado flicks. You know, oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah. first one wasn't bad. You, you knew what you're, you're watching a flick called Sharknado. You know what the fuck you're getting into. Right. But then, like, it just kind of, it was like, no, we're just putting this shit out. We know you're going to watch it, and that's about it. Well, that's about as much energy as we're putting into it. Yeah. Maybe a clever gag or a good special effect will slip through, but don't count on it because we're not really <laughs> putting the budget in it. So, I mean, that that for me is kind of where trauma kind of jumped the shark, I guess, is yeah. when it, it no longer appeared they were even trying. They were just... Throwing the same dick and fart jokes up, and uh, that's what it is, dude. The same reaction, you know. Anyway, sorry for droning on. Hope all is well. GP'd again. Love you like family is what he was about to say. Love you too, Tom Hardy. That's that's what it is, man. And I kind of feel like uh, I hate to say it, but I kind of feel like Full Moon did the exact same thing. You know what I mean? They got like what six, uh, maybe like three or four franchises and they realized that those were their money makers so they discontinued pretty much all original content and just started cranking out sequels to those franchises and that's the wave that they've been writing pretty much since like 2002 it's been nothing but puppet master movies evil pong ginger dead man some of the corniest shit you've ever seen in your life in the meantime, if you if you rewind the clock and go back and look at like some of the original Trancers movies, uh, Doll Man, not bad. Not I mean, obviously, it's uh, what's his name, Tim Thomerson playing a thirteen inch thirteen inch detective in uh, sleazy New York. What do you expect? Oddly enough, Helen Hunt made her uh, acting debut in Doll Man. <laughs> I think she was like fourteen, but she still looked pretty good. I don't know, but I agree with you, Tom Hardy, and that is kind of the bane. I, I am still a trauma fan. I, I have many trauma films right here on the shelf beside me. Um, but most of them are probably pre-1995, I would say. And after that, I don't really 
have any need to watch any more trauma. I obviously I got suckered into poultry guys last week. It's dumb. It's a dumb fucking movie, and uh, plenty of boobs, plenty of gore. Really, what they should do. I don't know if this is a thing or not, but they should just have like uh, gonzo trauma. You know what I mean? Where you're literally just looking at quick snippets of boobs uh, with green smegma being thrown on them. And that's pretty much all you need. If you can put a storyline together somehow, good for you. If not, here's what you're paid for. Boobs with green shit. And (laughs) that's it. And it's funny now that I say that because if you go to Full Moon Streaming... They basically have uh, Gonzo Full Moon. I forget what it's called. I think it's called like the Bunker of Blood or something like that. Or, but it's, um, what's her name there? Um, oh, Bombshell McGee. And she's dressed up like a Nazi. And she's like in her, her Bunker of Blood. And she basically walks you through all these little snippets from various uh, Full Moon horror movies. And it's all just blood and boobs. And that's it. And her acting like a crazy Nazi. And that there you have it. Maybe trauma should try something like that. I don't know. I don't know. I'm droning on myself now. Let me uh, double check this junk folder. Make sure nobody got skipped. Whoa, it looks like the main man from Alabama snuck an email in on us this week. He must be having phone problems again. Subject line, Terra Dome and Mr. Darian. Uh, let's see here. Terra Dome, give me the Universal Monsters. How anyone supports the Nazis, I'll never know. You bunch of Nazi lovers. Wow! Wow! Alan, I I think that was unfair. I'm not a Nazi lover. I just enjoy movies with Nazi zombies in them, sir. So, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not, I don't support anti-Semitism. Uh, I just like, uh, I, I don't know. I like the Dead Snow movies and the Outpost movies are pretty good too. Uh, except for the second one. The second one was like a weird James Bond thing. Uh, Mr. Darian, you are rest stop. Have a good one. Thanks for writing in, Alan. I'm going to put you down for the Universal Monsters. I was expecting you this week because that is your team in this year's tournament is the Universal Monsters. Uh, Two more for the Universal Monsters. And that is the end of Listener Mail, my friends. Thank you very much, Alan, Tom Hardy. Um, Freddy, Cat, Cowboy, the rest of you guys. Um, Terradome is locked. I guess it's time to talk about some donuts. <laughs> How much uh, donut trivia can I can I fit into this episode? I don't know, but we're about to find out. Can you hear that? The donuts are alive and mutated into killer donuts. Let's call the police. And tell them what? An army of killer donuts is on the loose? (laughs) Free
Yep, yep, yep. It's Attack of the Killer Donuts from 2017. It's written by Nathan Dalton, directed by Scott Wheeler. It got 3.8 stars on IMDb, which is a full half a star better than President Evil. Funny that, isn't it? A movie about killer donuts. (laughs) Beating out the important social commentary of President Evil. Go fuck yourself. Uh, it, it stars C. Thomas Howell, uh, G- Justin Ray, and Michael Swan. This movie is not rated. <clears throat> I found this one streaming on Tubi TV. It's there. It's absolutely free of charge for you to watch anytime you like without uh, needing a subscription or anything like that. Um, it's about killer donuts. Okay? It's right there in the title. Attack of the Killer Donuts. Now... If you're not in for a movie, or in the mood, I should say, for some dumb shit, then don't, just don't, all right? I'm not going to, I'm not going to take a big fat dump on this movie because it is a movie about killer donuts, okay? Uh, Now, okay, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Darian, last week you took a fat shit all over Poultrygeist, and that had chicken zombie people in it. This week, you're going to go easy on Killer Donuts? Yes, I am. And I'm going to tell you why. Because there is a underlying vibe in this movie that is not present in Poultrygeist. I'll elaborate as we go on. Now, let's kick this movie off. Uh, we start off somewhere. It's, it's, it's filmed in Los Angeles, all right? So when, whenever there's any kind of a, a, a cityscape scene, we'll recognize the, the buildings of Los Angeles. Every dumb shit fucking movie <laughs> uh, that is streaming on Tubi was filmed in Los Angeles. And you'll recognize the same locations and uh, maybe even some of the same people. They're all filmed in the same – it's Los Angeles. Um, but somewhere there is a nice house with a – Single mom. Now, this is, I'm not going to nitpick this apart, but this is a problem right off the bat because we have a hot single mom and her adult son. And the only way this uh, parent-child relationship works that I can think of is if the mom had the son when she was like nine years old because the mom is way too hot to be this guy's mom. And the guy, uh, his name is Johnny, played by Justin Ray, has to be at least in his mid-twenties, and mom cannot possibly be a day over 35. So there's that. It's very confusing and a bit off-putting. So yeah, this Justin guy's got to be like at least 25, and she's maybe early 30s. It's kind of weird. She's too hot. Um, But let's not get bogged down in the details, all right? Um... Johnny wakes up and he hits his mom up for some money and we get a cute little dialogue about how his girlfriend has expensive tastes, his girlfriend Veronica, and his mom, his hot mom, uh, tries to convince him that he should ditch Veronica and go with his lifelong girl friend, or his girl bestie, I guess, a young lady named Michelle. Now, you can already see where this is going, right? So he says, no, 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 give me some money, Mom. I got to go to work. And then we find out that he works at a donut shop. And he is a loser, so to speak. So, (coughs) excuse me. That's how the movie starts. Uh, He's running late, though, and he's got to get his laptop from his crazy uncle. 
that uh, has some kind of a mad scientist operation set up in the garage. So he goes down there to get his laptop, and we find out that his uncle... Uh, we kind of get into Rick and Morty land here a little bit because his uncle is doing his best uh, Rick impersonation. Uh, his uncle is basically Herbert West, but not nearly as serious, and he has found a way to reanimate dead rabbits and rats and things like that. He's got he's got like a reagent, uh, complete with the the glow stick injection and all that stuff. And we get to see one of his experiments at work. He reanimates a dead rat. The dead rat uh, attacks him and then runs off, but he catches it with some pinchers, and, uh, but he does get bit by the dead rat, so there's that. All right, excellent. Uh, just as that little situation is wrapping up, Johnny shows up, and he's like, hey, give me my, give me my laptop. I got to go to work, Uncle Luther, and then he takes off. Uh, now we're going to cut to the other young lady, the best friend, Michelle, who works at the same donut shop. Uh, so she's a tomboy and we know she's a tomboy because she's wearing a Ramones t-shirt. And that is the easiest way for the art department to tell us that she's a tomboy without like showing her out digging a ditch or something like that. It's okay though. We're very quickly going to sum this whole thing up with some dialogue between her and her brother in which she has promised to fix a laptop computer because apparently that's something that's in her skill set. And uh, he apparently has a laptop repair service that he does, but he just has her fix everything because he doesn't know how to fix it. And in return, he gives her rides to work to the donut shop. So there's that. They both get dropped off at the same time. Thereabouts. Uh, they're walking in and we get some uh, some cute little dialogue. Oh, hey, how are you? Oh, remember when we were in the fourth grade? All that fucking horse shit. Um, as they're doing that, uh, Johnny's girlfriend, quote unquote, rolls up, uh, her name's Veronica and she has got a dude in the car with her. She jumps out. She's smoking hot. She's a blonde. She jumps out and she's like, Johnny, um, I need some money. I need to go do some stuff. And he's like, who's that guy in the car? And the guy in the car, uh, looks a lot like my son. (laughs) If anybody's wondering what my son looks like. Uh, knock about, I don't know, 20, uh, no, probably like, uh, 15 years off of the dude, the, the boyfriend in the real boyfriend in attack of the killer donuts. And that's my son Deacon. He's got the long wavy blonde hair, you know, the six pack abs. He jumps out and he's like, babe, we're going to go or what? And Johnny's like, did he just call you babe? And she's like, "Ah, no, silly. Can I have some money? So Johnny forks over the 50 bucks that his mom gave him. She gives him a quick peck on the cheek, jumps back in the car with the dude, and takes off. And Michelle is watching this whole thing from the parking lot, and she's like, you fucking moron. And then off they go into the donut store to begin their um, their their shift. They have the late night shift at the donut store. Apparently this donut shop is in a seedy part of town. Um, right about now though, we're going to cut to some police officers driving around. We have officers Rogers and Hammerstein. Uh, if anybody's seen a musical in the last 50 years, you'll probably recognize those two names. Very cleverly named there. Uh, Mr. Uh, writer of this movie, whose name, uh, is, um, uh, Nathan Dalton. Very clever with the naming of the police officers there, Mr. Dalton. 
they're played by some African guy and C. Thomas Howell. I have to ask the burning question that I think is on everybody's mind. What the fuck happened to C. Thomas Howell's career? It started off in, you know, sainted ground with the Outsiders, along the likes of a Tom Cruise, a Patrick Swayze, Ralph Macchio, nothing really happened with him either, um, Rob Lowe, I believe, was in that one, all these uh, hunky 80s hunky boys, and uh, they all blew up to mega, mega stardom careers, and then C. Thomas Howell just kind of fizzled and, phew, I don't know, maybe he took like a eight to ten year hiatus or something like that. Now he shows up on all the uh, crime CSU shows that makes the rounds of those. I guess he's getting his bills paid one way or the other. <laughs> Good for him. Uh, here he is. He plays a police officer in this one. Uh, he shows up to get some free donuts. Apparently the uh, this particular donut shop gives free donuts to cops, so good for them. They have a perp in the back seat when, when they show up, so there's that also. Now, just before that, though, uh, Luther, Uncle Luther, uh, Rick from the basement, he realizes that he needs that laptop back because it's got some very important uh, data on it, or data, data or data, and he needs it back to conduct his experiment. So he rolls up into the donut shop and he's like, Johnny, I need that tablet back right now. Apparently there's some kind of uh, long-running feud between Luther and... And the guy that owns this shop, a sweaty, swarthy, balding, portly gentleman named Cliff. So Cliff sees Luther. Luther sees Cliff. Uh, Luther happens to have a vial of his reagent in his breast pocket. And they get into a bit of a tussle. Uh, lots of shoving and like weird wrestling moves. Uh, eventually, Luther gets the, the better of Cliff. But in the tussle, the vial comes out of his pocket flies clear across the counter through the little uh, pickup window and into the deep fryer in the back where we have some donuts being made and thus the chemical comes out and spews all over the, the donuts that are in there. And that's how the attack of the killer donuts begins, my friends. Whoa, shit, look out, boys. We're going to have some toxic waste-induced donuts going crazy up in this piece. <clears throat> So from there, uh, that's all exciting. Uh, the cops get a dozen of these free donuts that have been tainted with the fucking whatever, the reagent, and they go back to the squad car. They don't eat the donuts, but uh, C. Thomas Howell has the good nature to give the perp in the back one of the donuts. So he does that. He gives them a donut, and then the perp eats it, and then they continue driving around. <clears throat> I don't know that the guy in the back seat was an actual criminal. Because I believe the process for arresting a criminal, as far as police go, is you arrest him, you put him in the back of your car, you immediately take him to some kind of a facility, right? Like a detention or an in-processing center. I would assume that's how it works. These two yahoos decided they're just going to hang out with this guy all night. And that's exactly what they did, drive around eating donuts. So the perp has eaten one of the infected reagent donuts. That's very scary. Uh, the cops are cruising down the road with this guy. He starts farting the place up and complaining about how bad his stomach hurts. His noxious gas uh, causes the two officers to lose consciousness. So they pull over. Uh, the perp in the back, though, somehow goes into zombie rampage mode, snaps the handcuffs, 
kicks the door off the cop car, and just goes walking off into the Los Angeles hills after that. Scary stuff, dude. Whoa, look out. Scary stuff. Now, while that's going on, we're going to cut back to the donut shop. We have one of our competitors, one of the donut shop's chief competitors. I think his name was Trent, and he's doing his best Captain Jack Sparrow impersonation. He comes in with his long hair and his goatee, and he's like, Hey, guys, it's me, Trent, from the donut haven down the street. I want you to try my new product. So he takes like a thing off the... (laughs) He brings in like this donut encased in a box, and he opens the box, and he's like, It's only made with wheatgrass and the most natural ingredients. I've harvested myself from my garden. Uh, Michelle takes a bite, and she's like, Oh, my God, I'm having an orgasm. Oh, uh, okay, very, very nice. But then Cliff, who obviously doesn't get along with Trent, goes and gets him a regular plain old sugar donut. And uh, it's one of the infected batch, by the way, and gives it to Trent. Trent's like, yeah, okay, I'll try your donut when I get home. Uh, so he takes the donut home. Now, earlier that day, right, right after Trent leaves, actually, another lady comes in, a uh, big fat lady, and she's like, give me a dozen donuts. I've been working on a diet all week, and this is my cheat day. I want a dozen donuts. So they give her a dozen donuts. Of course, they are also infected. Now, this is kind of weird because we have like this weird montage where we're jumping back and forth between Trent and his regular donut that he's about to eat at his house and the big fat lady who has her dozen donuts, which she fully intends to eat every last bite of at her house. These two are clearly on the verge of having sex with these donuts. And I can say that as a factual statement. Let's start with Trent. Now, Trent gets the donut, right? He takes it home with him. He puts it on a silver tray along with a bottle of Jergens, uh, like the lotion. And he takes the tray into the bathroom where he disrobes, okay? He takes one bite out of the donut and he's like, Oh, it's it's fine. And then he gets in the shower. Okay, that's kind of weird, right? Like, I've eaten many a donut in my life. I've never needed to put it on a tray and take it into the bathroom. In my case, and I think most sane, rational people who've ever had a donut or had a hankering for a donut, you get the donut, you put it in your car. By the time you get to your destination, the donut's gone. You've eaten it. It's not. It's a fucking donut. We don't need to make a, a some kind of a celebratory effort of this cut across town to the old lady she is now wearing sex sexy lingerie and she's doing like a strip tease for the donuts this is weird <laughs> all right this is very strange now never mind the fact that this is attack of the killer donuts what are we doing with these donuts outside of eating them i thought the the purpose of the donut was to eat it we don't need to bring Jurgens into the equation. We definitely don't need a opening uh, ceremony for the dozen donuts. We definitely don't need to change clothes to eat a donut. It's a fucking donut. What are you doing? I don't know. I, apparently, some people take their donuts way too seriously, and maybe that uh, that hole in the middle is, I don't know, very slutty. <laughs> To some people, I don't know. I don't get it, but that's that's what's in the movie. Needless to say, both in both circumstances, the donuts animate, grow teeth in the little holes, 
and attack and kill the the people that they went home with. Uh, more most gruesome is the old lady because she had to deal with a dozen donuts. Uh, the Trent guy got it in the shower. The donut got in the shower with him and uh, bit him to death, I guess, in the shower. So that's pretty nasty. Uh, now we're going to cut back to the donut shop. The donuts that were initially infected with the deep fryer bullshit are now like up and creeping around. And that vat of grease has never been changed. So they're putting more donuts in there as the night goes on and they need more donuts and more and more infected donuts are coming out and they're animating and they're, you know, looking for trouble is what they're doing. Speaking of looking for trouble, here comes three turd nuggets walking into the donut shop and these guys are, I don't know, they're like the neighborhood butt wipes or something. That's right. I called them butt wipes and that's exactly, I'll call it, I'll tell them that to their faces, these three turd nuggets. Here they come. They're looking for trouble. They uh, they go up to the counter, and Michelle's behind the counter, and they're like, "Hey, why don't you show us your tits?" <laughs> it's it's it's. Uh, she's like, "You guys are stupid. Get the fuck out of here." And one of the turds is like, "Hey, Conrad, she owned you, bro." <laughs> And then uh, Conrad, who's like the leader of these butt wipes, is like, what? What? You, you, just, you told me to get out of here? Just, you, you fucking bitch. And now here comes Johnny, and he's like, hey, you guys need to get out of here, and if you call her a bitch again, I'm going to roundhouse you. So what we get here, ladies and gentlemen, is a donut, uh, a late-night donut show, shop brawl between these three butt wipes uh, Michelle in, versus Michelle and Johnny, and I think Cliff came out and started throwing donuts at people too. <clears throat> Wonderful. What? Yeah. Why not? Why not go into the donut shop and start some shit? Uh, bunch of uh, silly fights, and eventually Michelle breaks out the pepper spray and uh, pepper sprays all the three of these turd wipes in the in the eyeballs. Now, at this point, something very strange is going on here, and it's kind of weird. We're going to cut back to Johnny's house where his smoking hot mom is there by herself. Uh, never any mention of Johnny's dad or what, what the deal is with that. Uh, one of Johnny's nerdy friends rolls up to the house uh, on, a, on a 10-speed bike. His name's Howard, and he looks like a Howard. He's got like the glasses and the Brillo head, and uh, he rolls up to the house. He knocks on the door. Uh, Johnny's mom answers the door in like a nightgown and she's got a bowl of macaroni and cheese with bacon in it. And she's like, hello, Howard. So good to see you. You want to come inside and try my macaroni and cheese with bacon? And Howard's like, yes, I do. <laughs> and he goes in there and then they, they she like pins him up against the, the, the wall there and she's like, Oh, Howard. And then we cut back to the, the donut brawl, okay? It's, it's That's weird. That's weird. That's a little weird. And then after the brawl is over, uh, Cliff fires Michelle for pepper spraying those three guys, gives those three butt wipes uh, a bunch of free donuts, and then Johnny quits because uh, Cliff just fired Michelle. Uh, very dramatic. Way to go, Johnny and Michelle. Good for, good for you standing up for yourselves. And uh, who needs a job at a donut shop anyway? But after that part is done, we cut back to Johnny's mom's house 
where Howard is now leaving and he's, you know, zipping up his pants and he looks all disheveled and he's getting on his 10 speed and he's cruising out of there with a shit-eating grin on his face. So in summation, inmates, Johnny's smoking hot MILF mom, who's probably in her early 30s, is getting plowed by the dorky friend. I love that. I love that about this movie. <laughs> uh, this movie just went up like three points in my in my in my scorecard or whatever the hell I'm doing. I don't know. I love that. Uh, the only thing that's missing from this equation is an actual sex scene with Johnny's mom, in which we would get to see her boobs. It looked like she had some nice ones, and that's really the only thing. Uh, I have really to gripe about this movie is the lack of nudity because there's a lot of screaming hot chicks in here and not a single fucking nipple. But I'll get to that as we go on. So uh, Johnny uh, and Michelle get in the car and we have a very a very uh, romantically charged moment where they almost kiss there for a second because, you know, they're talking about uh, she's telling him what an idiot he is for staying with Veronica and he's like, oh, but she loves me. And she's like, hey, I've been here since we were in the fourth grade. And then they kind of lean in like they're about to kiss. But then Howard pulls up on his bike and he's like, hey, bros, what uh, what happened? Can I get a ride? My scooter quit working. My bike isn't isn't happening anymore. So really just cock blocked him. That sucks. So they're like, okay, fuck, Howard, come on, get in. Well, I, I don't know, whatever. So they're driving. He's driving her home with Howard in the back seat. They're driving a VW Beetle, by the way. Uh, I don't know if you've ever tried to have sex in a VW Beetle. That is not happening. That's not you can you can get out and have sex like on the hood. Um, I mean I'm I've 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 gotten down in some weird places, and I'll tell you right now, inmates, where there's a will, there's a way, especially when I'm horny. But that is not easy, right? I'm driving a Jeep Renegade right now. We couldn't make it happen in there. Not not at our age. No way. I, like, legs started cramping and, I got, stop, just get off me. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right, anyway. Uh, they're driving down the road. And apparently there is one major road in Los Angeles where everybody goes to either fuck or hang out or pull over and eat donuts or whatever. But th- this road is what connects the donut shop to the neighborhood that they all live in, I guess. So they're driving down the road and they happen upon Biff's car, which is the dude that looks a lot like my son. And uh, he's the one that was driving Veronica around earlier. So they drive past it and Michelle's like, that car looks familiar. So they turn around. Uh, Johnny gets out and knocks on the window and sure as shit catches Veronica and Biff having sex. So he's like, what? You said you love me. What are you doing? You did this guy. And Biff gets out. And he's like, hey, babe, is there some kind of a problem here? And he's like, he called you babe again as she's zipping her pants up. And she's like, look, Johnny, um, it's just not working out. And um, I think I need to be with Biff. I was just using you for money. And then Johnny gets all butthurt and gets in the car and walks away. Now, uh that while that's happening, the donut that killed the the dozen or so donuts that the cops took have gotten out of their car because apparently they pulled over on the exact same road, just like a quarter mile away. And those donuts are rolling down the hill towards where everybody is. So that's kind of scary. Uh, cut to a mile and a half down the, further down the road, the three butt wipes have pulled over and gotten out and are now eating their donuts. 
again, this dirt road is the place to be in Los Angeles. I, I always thought there would be like a nightlife in LA. No, it's just one dirt road. Uh, you go there to fuck. Um, you go there to eat donuts and hang out with your ass white friends. And, uh, I guess that's it really. That's all they got. If, uh, when, when, after Disneyland closes, you gotta, you gotta find the dirt road. So, but apparently it's easy to find. Uh, the cops come to, they realize their perp is missing. So now they're driving around trying to find him. Excellent. Uh, away goes, uh, what do you call, uh, Johnny and, uh, them. They're driving by, they see the butt wipes eating the donuts and they're like, these fuckers, look at them. They're eating the donuts and flipping them off. Great. Uh, those donuts come alive and kill the three butt wipes. So there's that. Didn't like those guys anyway. Uh, cut back to the donut shop. The Donuts have now, the, uh, it's just Cliff there. He's the only guy there because everybody else quit. And the Donut, he's trying to beat off, by the way, in the back office looking at Romanian brides. Uh, while that's going on, the Donuts have figured out how to make more Donuts in the contaminated fryer thing. So they're just fi- they're just throwing more Donuts in and then the Donuts jump out. And now there's like uh, a small army of killer Donuts have amassed in the kitchen of this this place. Um as the uh, as Johnny and, and and those guys drive off, and then they're like, you know what? Fuck those guys. Let's go kick their asses for real. So they turn around and go back to the car where the three butt wipes were, and they find three dead bodies. And they're like, oh shit, what happened? Uh, they've all got like bite marks on them and stuff like that. Oh fuck! So they get back in the car, go hauling ass out of there, and accidentally run over the perp who escaped from the cop car. Now, this guy is now like a full zombie because apparently that's what happens when you actually eat one of these infected donuts. You turn into like a fart zombie. So he's up walking around. They run him over with a car on accident. and then uh, But then they get out to check on him and he's still alive. He's like, oh, and then he basically shits himself to death and dies. So Johnny and uh, the uh, Michelle and Howard are like, dude. I don't know what's going on. Something weird's going on here, bros. Let's uh, let's go find some cops or call the cops or something. So they're headed back into town, and about this time is when they get back to the donut shop, and they re- they see like the donuts are come alive, and they're like, we're gonna kill! Holy shit, the donuts are alive! What the hell happened? I don't know. Uh, but the three asswipes are dead. Um, but at this point, the donuts have already closed the distance and have killed Biff and Veronica. Sad. Very sad, I know. Um, and uh, the cop and the the perp that was in the back of the cop car also is now dead. So these three guys are like, "Oh shit, what's going on?" Uh, they quickly do the math and realize that the donuts are killing people. They don't know why or how, but they quickly have to, to get over to the lady, the fat lady's place, to check on her because they sold her a dozen of these infected donuts. So they go hauling ass over to her house. Apparently, none of these guys have cell phones. Haul an ass over to her house, knock on the door. She doesn't answer. So they decide they need to break in. And in doing so, they have to climb up like a, uh, up to a second story window, uh, crawl into the window. They find the windows open. They crawl in and they get down and they're going to let the other two in. Michelle's doing all the crawling and stuff. Uh, as they're doing that, though, the neighbors spot them doing it and call the cops. Uh, Rogers and Hammerstein get the call. So they're like, oh, come on, let's go get some more perps. Uh, we can't go back to the uh, the, sh- the precinct empty-handed. So they go screaming over there. Uh, Michelle gets in there, finds the dead body of the weird fat lady, 
opens the door, lets Johnny and Howard in, and now there's like a full donut storm going on where they're just wrecking her house. Um, Rogers and Hammerstein roll up, and this part is pretty dumb. All right. This, I mean, again, we're talking about killer donuts, but once Rogers and Hammerstein roll up, they're like, hey, it's you guys from the donut stuff. Like, yeah, there's killer, killer donuts in there. There's like 10 or 12 of them. So they're like, 10 or 12 killers, let's get in there. They get, they go running in there, and they see the killer donuts. While they're in there, like, uh, you know, trying to assess the situation or whatever, a couple of the donuts steal their cop car somehow. One of them, like, latches onto the steering wheel, and another one is working the pedal somehow. Okay, uh, need I remind you, this is a movie about killer donuts, and that's, like, the running theme... <laughs> my friend alan and i once upon a time did a superhero movie podcast called hero copia and we did the ghost rider movies and i was asking way too many questions about like the plot line and how this works and that works and alan had to constantly remind me dude 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 Flaming skeleton on a motorcycle. Why are you asking questions? (laughs) You're right, Alan. You're right again, my friend. Uh, Killer donuts. Don't ask questions. Killer donuts. All right. So the donuts stole the cop car. Uh, Rogers and Hammerstein are now cruising around on their bike. About this time is when Howard and uh, Johnny and Michelle put their heads together and they realized that uh, it probably had something to do with Uncle Luther's uh, reagent serum and the tussle he got into with Cliff. So they go hauling ass back to um, Johnny's house. Uh, we get a weird kind of wink and nod between Johnny's mom and Howard for a second. And they're like, hello, hello, Mrs. Wentworth. And she's like, hi, Howard. <laughs> I hope Howard gave it to her in the ass, because <laughs> that would solidify, I think, uh, that relationship in just how, I don't know, sleazy and perfect in its majesty. It is. I, I can't even explain how much I love the fact that Howard is nailing Johnny's mom. Um, but uh, they go down and they talk to, to uh, Luther, the mad scientist, and they're like, hey man, you got that shit in the donuts. And now the donuts are up killing people, and uh, what the fuck? And he's like, well, no problem. I have a uh, an antidote here. And he injects that first rat with this red goop, and then the rat explodes. And he's like, yeah, see that? All you got to do is hit the donuts with this shit, and it'll pretty much uh, kill them kill flat. And then we get a bunch of questions about, does it need to be injected, or can we just hose them down with it, and all that shit. So he's like, I don't know, but uh, that's, that's what you got to do. You got to get that stuff in, on, or around the donuts, and then it'll it'll negate the previous serum and everything will be cool. By the way, can I get a couple of those donuts? I need to run some tests. And they're like, no, man, they're dangerous. He's like, well, okay, well, I'm coming with you back to the donut shop. So they make as much of this crap as they can, and they affix it to a bunch of crude weapons. Uh, there's a super soaker full of the, sh- the, the red stuff. Uh, they make like a spear with a hypodermic needle attached to it. Uh, Michelle and Johnny have a hockey stick and a uh, tennis racket. And they go storming into the donut shop where there's like a full-on donut uh, poltergeist-esque vortex thing happening where they're all flying through the air and just wrecking the shit out of everything. And there's a couple of dead guys on the ground. It's nasty. They go in there and it's full combat mode, man. It's going down. Um, 
we kind of get into poultry geist land here a little bit. Uh, so they're in there, they're swinging and kicking. Uh, Luther is like, we don't have nearly enough of this stuff. I'm going to run back to my lab and make a bunch more. And then he just takes off and leaves. Uh, Howard is up there fighting for his life with the, uh, the super soaker. And in the throes of this fight, he confesses to Johnny that he's been, he's been fucking Johnny's mom. And Johnny's like, what? And for a second, all the donuts stop fighting and they all just kind of listen to this dialogue. And he's like, I'm sorry, man, your mom's hot. And I went over there one day looking for you and she was lonely and she's an older woman and she just hit her sexual prime and she needed, uh, some, some attention. And I just happened to be there and I've been lonely too. <laughs> and he's like, you're fucking my mom. And he's like, I prefer making love. <laughs> Uh, eventually the melee kicks back up, uh, to make a long story short, Michelle and Johnny, uh, dick, dip, dip into the basement and barricade themselves in as the donuts are trying to get in. Rogers and Hammerstein show up and start shooting at the donuts, which of course does no good. Um, basically what happens is Michelle and Johnny spend like a, they get like a five minute dialogue down there where they agree to, um, try to possibly hook up if they survive this. And then they open up the gas main on the donut shop and blow it, blow it, blow the whole donut shop up. Uh, the homeless guy survives. They apparently there's a escape tunnel or something in the basement. Cause they pop out across the street out of the sewer grate. And they're like, Oh, we survived. And we blew up all the donuts. Rogers and Hammerstein are fine. They're uh, cruising around on a 10 speed. Uh, Howard makes it out. He's like, Hey, I made it. I, ju- I jumped out of the window right before you blew the place up. And that's pretty much the end of your movie. Um, after that, we get a neat little romance scene of Michelle waking up next to Johnny the next morning. Apparently they had sex and, um, they decide they're going to be boyfriend and girlfriend after a lot of cute flirty. Oh, I never said I was going to be your girlfriend. I'm just having fun. Oh, you're not, huh? No, I changed my mind. You're definitely my girlfriend. It's all well and good. That's the end of your movie, dudes. It is uh, Attack of the Killer Donuts. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not mad at this one at all. It's silly as shit, but you had to know that going in. It's called Attack of the Killer Fucking Donuts. Uh, It's very much in the vein of a Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Um. There are some characters that you're supposed to like. You'll like those characters. There's some characters that you're supposed to hate. You'll hate those characters. And in the end, our star-crossed lovers will find safety and solace in each other's arms, as we are wont to do. They are wont to do. Um, it's fine. It's not bad. It's uh, If you're in the mood for some dumb shit, or you want to show your kids something that is somewhat horror-related... And uh, is guaranteed not to give them nightmares at all, or offend them, or uh, you know, show them the female anatomy or anything like that. This is probably a good one. It's silly. Why not check it out? It's on Tubi. It's only an hour and a half. It's not a huge investment of your time. It could have done with some nudity. That's my that's my only major gripe about this one. We have sex scenes. We had uh, Veronica and Biff getting down in the car. She kept her bra on the whole time. Who does that? We had uh, Johnny's mom and, and Howard getting down. Uh, we could, dude. Uh, if I had to pick somebody to have sex with in this movie, it would definitely be Johnny's mom. Uh, that being said, that's it, inmates. Uh, what? Give it a shot. Why not? It's stupid. Uh, I'm going to take myself a little break, and I'll come back with some other stuff.
Hey, inmates. If you like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Fitting song, I believe, being as how I'm going to be alone here <laughs> for a while. Uh, I am back, inmates. Uh, yeah, man, did that... Did, did that ruin donuts for you? I hope not, because I mean, it's it's the donuts were all CGI'd, and it's not like they were anybody actually sexually penetrated a donut or anything like that. It was just alluded to. And I'm not to be honest with you. I'm not even sure how the lady would have done it. You just shove shove the donuts up there or something. I don't know. I don't want to think about it. What I do want to think about is this week's tarot dome. No tears, please. It's a waste of good suffering. I'm not gonna hurt you. You didn't let me finish my sentence. I said, I'm not gonna hurt you. I'm just gonna bash your brains. I'm gonna bash them right the fuck in. I'll kill you all. I'll try to be crazy. I'll kill you all. I'll dream come true. Six year old child with this blind, pale emotion. The blackest eyes, the devil's To the Terradome. First, this week's winner, or last week's winner, I should say. The zombies swarmed the monsters with blades and firearms, but their undead tactics were adept only against living mortals. For lack of silver bullets or wooden stakes, the monsters were able to tear and rend through the Nazis with the grace of a vampire count and the savagery of a lycanthrope. With a vote of 8-3, to three, the Universal Monsters win, and the Nazi Zombies are eliminated. Um, I kind of I had higher hopes for the Nazi Zombies. Not that I approve of any anti-Semitism or anything like that. Don't get your panties in a bunch. But there have been some good Nazi Zombie movies. I'm just saying. Dead Snow, Outpost, you've seen them all. You know what I'm talking about. There have been some shit ones, too. Uh, Shockwaves, wasn't that great. Uh, don't get me started on Zombie Lake. That was a fucking abortion. Whoa, 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 whoa. Alright, let's take a look at this week's matchup, shall we? Let's uh, tune down the Tchaikovsky for a minute. <laughs> we are in the Inferno Conference Round 3. As usual, inmates, I'm not much of a writer, so you're just going to have to bear with me. The plan was simple, but desperate. Get inside the Umbrella Corporation Biolab... Find the clone housing facility, locate three clones of their liking, and proceed with the soul transference ritual. All in a day's work for Charles Lee Ray and family. All of this was dependent, of course, on the rumors being true. 
that the Umbrella Corporation had in fact been producing human automatons to fill out their workforce. Not at all that far-fetched for the world's most prolific manufacturer of bioweaponry. If it wasn't true, Chucky, Tiffany, and their ill-conceived son, Glenn, would be trapped inside their respective dolls forever. But the clones would be perfect. No souls to evict, no constant threat of being found out, just flesh and blood and all the tactile sensations that came with it. Charles Lee Ray could walk as a man again. Team's competition. We have the Chucky family versus the Umbrella Corporation. I am going to have to take the Umbrella Corporation, number one, because they are my team in this year's tournament. Number two, I'm not a huge fan of uh, the Child's child's Play movies, especially uh, the Seed of Chucky, Bride of Chucky. That's where it really jumped the rails. And that's when Chucky just stopped being in any way a horror movie situation and just went into satire and uh, witty one-liners. Plus, I could see the Nemesis Project just stomping those fucking dolls flat, right? Uh, Motion sensor. More to the point, I could see uh, the dolls being captured by the Umbrella Corporation and, like, further experimented on and fucked with and all kinds of nasty things happening there. Possibly even actually being hired by them for some shit. I don't know. I'm going with the Umbrella Corporation on that uh, matchup, inmates. Get me your votes by next week if you can. The mental health hotline, as usual, is area code 775-387-0275. Regular old email, thepaddedroom2011 at hotmail.com. You can hit me that way also. Um, If you have anything else you want to talk about, that is how you get a hold of me. If you'd like to apply for a guest spot, I have a very lengthy questionnaire questionnaire (laughs) that you'll have to fill out and submit a uh, blood and semen sample for further testing. Uh, but by all means, get in, let, get at me, let me know what you want to talk about, what movies you've seen, what you think of trauma, um, do some fun things with pictures of me, apparently that's a thing now, so go ahead, knock yourselves out. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to tell you what movies I got to watch this week, in a little segment I like to call, What Are You Looking At? What are you looking at? So I finally got around to Army of Thieves from 2021. This is the prequel to Army of the Dead and follows uh, Dieter, the safecracker, or as we know him in this movie, Sebastian, and uh, his uh, backstory that brought him to Nevada to, to be part of Scott's team to go into Vegas during, or I guess technically after the zombie apocalypse to try to steal the money. God damn, man. I I watched this movie twice. That's how much I liked it. And then just because I'm I'm geeking out, I went ahead and watched Army of the Dead again. So there's that. There is so much going on here, inmates, that I... There's so many questions I don't think we'll ever get answers to. You know what I mean? I don't I don't want to ruin this one for you if you haven't seen it, but it definitely ties in. There's a whole situation with the Gotterdammerung, the safe that is underneath Bly Tanaka's casino. There's four of these fucking safe. I don't want to ruin this for you, but there is a lot happening, and it all boils down somehow to this opera, um, 
uh, what the fuck, what's his name, Werner, I think, and the the flight of the valve. I don't know. I don't know what I'm talking about right now. But there's like an opera thing, and I feel, and then uh, Sebastian slash Dieter starts having these uh, prophetic dreams about being eaten by zombies, and it's freaking him out. But then you watch that, and you're like, okay, well, that's kind of interesting. And then when you watch that right before or after, depending on how you want to do it, uh, Army of the Dead, and then you, you listen to Vanderho's uh, weird kind of soliloquy down in the, the, the vault where he's talking about how maybe they're in purgatory and they're doomed to repeat this cycle over and over again, and they found the bodies uh, of, of zombies that were wearing the exact same clothes that they had on, the whole team. You know what I mean? It, there's there's a lot going on here. And then you get into things like tachyon particles. <laughs> you get into things like fucking string theory and uh, light acceleration and what happens during a nuclear blast, which occurred in Vegas, uh, right at the end of Army of the Dead. And maybe they are in some kind of a time loop. And they just have to keep cycling back over and over and over again until they actually get inside the God of Damarung, get the money, and get out safely. So if that's the case, then I don't know, man. I don't know, and I feel like we're never going to get answers to these questions. I know the next step in this process is a, uh, I believe, an animated series uh, focusing on Scott and the original team of civilians that was trying to rescue people during the initial zombie outbreak in Vegas. And that whole musical montage that takes place at the beginning of uh, army of the dead so i'm i'm all in baby i am all in i am on board i wish somebody would figure this shit out and let me know because it's uh, it's i'm losing sleep over it at this point what is the 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 significance of the opera i get it as it pertains to the four safes but i feel like there's more to it why are there robot zombies in Vegas? Why was Bly Tanaka talking to the Joint Chiefs of Staff at the beginning of uh, Army of the Dead? By the way, Bly Tanaka owns another uh, casino that has another one of these safes in it. Not the God of Damarung, but another one that is in conjunction with the God of Damarung. It's a whole fucking thing, dude. It's a whole fucking thing. I'm, I'm losing my mind. I'm going crazy thinking about it. Just trying to explain it. I'm like... Freaking out. I'm freaking out right now. <laughs> I'm not actually freaking out. I'm just very excited about it. And dude, what a fucking time we live in right now where we're getting movies of this high quality. I know some of you are shitting all over uh, Army of the Dead and probably Army of Thieves. And that's fine. If it's not your jam, it's not your jam. But think about the MCU, all right? Now, I don't mean to go off on a rant here, but God damn it, you're getting it anyway. Think about the MCU and the way all the movies tie together, and we have interloping characters and things like that, and it's making bazillions of dollars, and it's basically keeping uh, Disney afloat, especially with all the weird gay stuff that's going on and the people picketing and all that. Uh, But that is kind of setting a blueprint for future movies, and everybody's watching it and seeing all the money it's making, and now everybody's trying to kind of build their own puzzle with multiple movies and multiple characters and how this plot weaves into that plot. And now we get things like this, like Army of the Dead, Army of Thieves. And this could go on for a while, dude. I will watch a movie about Vanderho specifically, about Scott and his daughter. I'll watch one about, um, what was her name? Uh, Tig Notaro's character with the helicopter. I'll, I'll, there weren't any survivors, but 
you know, the Mexico Vanderho escaped. He made it to Mexico City, but and then he realized he got bitten. So clearly, uh, we could we could have an army of the dead in Mexico City, dude. Think about that. Vanderho could be the next Zeus somehow. That that's something I want to see, and I want to know more about it. And I want to know about the robot zombies. And why was there Wayne Tech uh, Connex boxes? Uh, being used to barricade the city. Is Batman in this universe somehow? Bruce Wayne? I don't know. I don't know. I'm freaking myself out again. All right. That's all I'm looking at, inmates. I implore you to watch it. I don't know if you guys are fans of Army of the Dead or not, or any of this surrounding mythos that's being built up around it. I implore you to, if you haven't seen it, you got dude, you got to check it out. There is so much going on there. Fucking aliens, robots, I did. We already did a whole episode on it. I'm not. All right. I'm sorry. I'm going off on a thing here. Uh, that's all I'm looking at this weekend, mates. How about some immersion therapy? Yeah. Immersion therapy. Did you get a chance to watch Back from Hell from 2011 on Tubi TV? It's the same old plot we've seen before. Uh, found footage, a bunch of partiers going into some mansion or castle or prison or abandoned hospital to party. And then they start fucking around with Ouija boards and things and end up getting possessed and or killed off systematically. Cheap as shit. Uh, but this one, my friends, introduces a new element... And it's Euro Trash Partiers. <laughs> I don't think any of the characters in this movie could be any less likable. I hated them all, especially the French guy who was trying to seem so interesting. I don't know if this was like a this is cinema verite where they just kind of handed him bullet points and let him go, or if this these characters were actually written this way. But this is terrible, man. And I will sit through a found footage ghost movie. They're a dime a dozen these days, and you can find them all over Tubi and Hulu and anywhere else you want to go. This one can be avoided, I feel like. Um, The only saving grace of any of these fucking things, really, is their locations. They usually take place in some kick-ass location. This one was no exception in that regard because it was at some old monastery. Um, But... What was weird and didn't make any fucking sense to me was that they had the priest there on the property while they were having the party. So you're telling me the Catholic Church signed off on this haunted slash possessed situation situational monastery being rented out as an Airbnb, but they're going to keep their priest there just to make sure that... I, that how, I, I don't know anything about Catholicism. But that is just a weird business model to me. <laughs> it's not a good show, man. It's it's dumb as shit. If you need something, if you have a weird uh, found footage ghost movie itch that you need scratched, and you, you don't have access to the paranormal activity movies, go ahead. These guys are going to piss you off. They're very pretentious, and um, I think... Uh, I, uh, I, what's his name? Uh, Leonardo and Ariano. I think he thinks he's a lot smarter than he actually is. Either that or he holds uh, no 
kind of he he just thinks horror audiences are the lowest common denominator and will just buy anything and just go along with whatever he says. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Skip it. Skip back from hell from 2011. Your immer- immersion therapy for this week is going to be Choose or Die, streaming on Netflix. This one's from 2022. It's directed by Toby Makins, stars Lola Evans and Aza Butterfield. Check that shit out, inmates. We will do the same and compare notes next week. Can't be any worse than Back from Hell, right? It can't. Well, maybe it can. I don't know. Don't. I, I, we'll figure it out. I have no idea what it's about, but we'll uh, figure it out. Compare notes next week. But first, we have to educate me. Educating Miss Monica. My clues from last week. I am a hot young lady uh, attempting to run away with my boyfriend. Uh, We were doing pretty good. We got away from our parents and we took off to the hills of California. Had to pull over at a rest stop to use the restroom. I come out of the restroom. My boyfriend is gone and so is his car. WTF. Oh, by the way, there's a psycho in a yellow truck uh, doing hot laps around the place waiting to uh, uh, kill me or rape me or abduct me or some other shit. I hope this haunted shitter isn't really haunted. It just feels haunted. Sorry, it actually is haunted. I am, of course, Rest Stop. Uh, That's not a bad show for being a slasher that takes place in a rest stop. Those places are so fucking dingy, dude. <laughs> I would hate to have to seek shelter in a in a highway rest stop because you know there's like weird prostitute, gay prostitution stuff going on in there. Truck drivers, no offense, Freddy Cowboy, but I know some weird sex stuff goes down. I don't want it. I don't want any part of it. I don't. I don't want to be in there to start with. If I have the option of like taking a leak on a tree or going into one of those places, I'm probably gonna go to the tree, dude. I realize ladies don't always have that option, but God. All right, who might I be this week, you ask? Well, this week I have it all. I have an all-female punk band. I have a weird, um, what do you got? It's like a weird, uh, what are the, uh, like a fucking very 50s picturesque family living in the middle of nowhere. I've got the grim fucking Reaper and all of his friends that show up. Uh, I have a child abduction, and then uh, I think I'm not I'm not sure to be honest with you about that part. Uh, maybe her parents trying to abduct abduct her back. I don't know. I'm not sure about that part. I have a I have some amateur surgery going down, uh, all within the confines of um, a very strange backdrop that is kind of. It's actually pretty cool when you think about it. It actually kind of looks local now that I really think about it. Who might I be, you ask? I will clue you in next week. Tune in. Make sure that you stay for the whole show because I don't drop the answer until the end of the show like I am just did right now. That being said, inmates, thank you very much for joining me. Join me next week for the original Scream. Well, I'm going to be doing the Scream franchise all through May. I'm going to do them all. All five of the sons of bitches. That might, that's probably going to take me into June. I don't care. 
I'm going to do every goddamn Scream movie, uh, courtesy of Devin over on the Patreon page. Thank you very much for your contributions, Devin. Speaking of which, Devin, cowboy, I've got your prize packs ready. They're packed, loaded, fired off. I just need to get them to the post office. I'm going to try to talk my wife into dropping them off on the way to work tomorrow. Um, Action-packed with pornography also, so I did not skimp on that regard. Uh, Devin took control of May. Uh, I'll probably reserve the rest of June. Uh, July can be yours. It's usually my birthday month and I usually reserve my, that month for myself, but I'm willing to give it up this year. $5 donation over at the Patreon link. Find it at paddedroom.podbean.com. Five bucks gets you control of the month of July, a padded room t-shirt, a padded room travel mug, and as much hardcore pornography as I can shove into the box before I send it off to you. And uh, you can find that link at paddedroom.podbean.com. In the meantime, for amateur surgeons, probably shouldn't do that shit, uh, fucking robot zombies, what are they doing? Who put them there? How did they get inside the... I don't I don't know. That whole Zack Snyder zombie thing, which, by the way, does tie into the 2004 Dawn of the Dead remake in a very quick little Easter egg, if you're paying attention. Um, safe crackers. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that's an acceptable term anymore. I, I'm, I don't know. Uh, what else? Uh, buxom young ladies. MILFs. Killer Donuts and the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over.